You're listening to Red Center, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Hi, and welcome to episode 71 of Red Centre, coming to you from Europe, well, and Sydney. Jace, you're in Sydney? I am in Sydney. Um, so we're going to do a little special Red Centre this week. Uh, this is our IBC Red Centre. Now, Jason can't be with me in London, so what we're going to do is, Jace, I'm going to record uh, and play for you a special Red Room covering the uh, additions uh, or, I guess, updates to Storm from the Foundry. Uh, and of course also talking to Ted from Red. And you're actually there shooting as well, uh, hands-on on the cameras. I am. I'm on uh, SLRs and shooting um, a cool project which will be in FX PhD next term we hope. But yes, it's all uh, happening in London. I'm doing shooting this week and next week. Getting your hands dirty. Getting my hands dirty Excellent. and you know, enjoying it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, London, of course, uh, is almost exactly the same temperature as Sydney at this time of year. It's uh, 14 degrees in, in London, 14 degrees. I love this time of year when I've got English friends and I can say, so. <laughs> Middle of summer, how is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like our winter. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm rubbing it in. I, I just wanted to uh, also do a quick um, shout out uh, for people that are hearing this on Friday. If you're going to IBC, uh, we do have a meetup at IBC. Uh, it's um, happening on Saturday night at around 7.30. If you uh, want to attend, if you're in PhD, uh, go to the members' homepage. If you're not, email me um, and we'll see if we can got any spare tickets to get you into our, um, our piss-up, really. I'm sorry you can't join us for that, Jason. Uh, no, that's all right. I'll just uh, let me know how it goes. And, uh, yeah, obviously we'll be hearing from you visually when you get there. Uh, audio-wise, we'll be hearing from you when you've, you've had a chance to chat to Ted at all, at all and, and no doubt a few others. So that's all coming up uh, later in the show. But before we uh, get into that, how's your week been? Um, busy. Yeah, no, it's been terrific. Been um, uh, prepping to do an SLR shoot. As I say, well, I've, I've said it before, I guess we've mm, interestingly sliding from going to half red, half 35mm shoots to now these days it's mostly red or, or F35 and SLR. So um, prepping for a SLR shoot. So you've shoot. been shooting F35 as well? Uh, I haven't shot F F35 for a couple of weeks, I think. Oh, for a couple of months, actually. Uh, mainly red, I guess. I just threw that in there to balance oh, okay. things out. <laughs> That's, I was just curious because uh, obviously F35 is a good format, but I just didn't know how um, absolutely popular it is right now. I think, I think it used to be... Well, I guess before red got as stable as it is, it used to be a... Um, uh, a viable alternative that you could offer up. It was you, obviously you being F twenty three or F thirty five. Both, because okay. you could essentially you could be recording on a SR tape or or going to you know solid state recorders, and somehow just not being there was there was the sort of spectre around red that was sort of warded a lot of people off, and people would rather go with it. They didn't care what you were shooting on as long as it wasn't red, just because they heard of their mother's auntie's uncle's friend's brother had had some issue with red two years ago, so. That seems to be completely drifting away now. There's really probably only, I think there's maybe about one agent, at least here in town, there's one agency that has a film-only policy, only oh, really? film, only 35 mil, will not let you shoot uh, digital really? in any way whatsoever. Uh, I can only presume someone got burnt somewhere along the track. I don't know what, what camera they were using, but along the, along the way someone obviously got burnt and the agency had to then end up sort of funding that, funding that reshoot or whatever it be, and so they you know they've obviously got this blanket policy which no doubt eventually will have to 
well, they will have to, to move on when their budgets no longer will, will survive for film. But uh, certainly the, the the no red policy has, has, has literally gone away. I can't, I, there's no one in town apart from that one particular agency who's, who's got anything against red. Everything's got more stable. It's now pretty much the, the first choice off the, off the rank for Have you for had any um, impact, I guess, from the red no drives, no new drives policy? Uh no, no. I mean, I've never, I haven't had any like rental companies not have, a, you know, have, have any issues with stock. I think most rental companies these days have, have got enough of their, um, uh, you know, enough inventory on, on the shelf to be able to deal with it or they pull stuff in. I guess it will become an issue as those drivers age and mechanically they become a little bit more, I guess they're either, you know, you know drives are either work really well or they just crap their pants and, and, and won't work. So it'll, be, it'll, it'll only be a matter of time, I imagine, mechanically before these drives that are two or three years old and have been, you know, most of them have been around the world and done a lot of footage and done a lot of work, um, that we will start to see a bit of an increased failure rate with these things, I'd imagine. I mean, you yeah, haven't had, you've never, never had, I don't think you've ever had any issues with your drives, have you? Uh, we had an issue with a driver, to be fair, that was a beta drive back yeah. in the day. Yeah, um, sure. We haven't had any issues since then. It's been amazingly stable now. things from, from my, I've very rarely had any kind of drop frames and if, it, you know. No, well, we, <laughs> yeah. In Apart fact, from if you start throwing cameras around. We deliberately tried to bugger one. I yeah. Mean, I, that's why I was kind of hesitant because we, uh, in the early days, as some of you will remember, I discussed this. We were like, well, what does happen with these drives if you do the wrong thing? <laughs> and so we put a red one um, because our re- initial red one, uh, if you remember, reds came out and they had a sort of, not a factory recall, but they, they brought them all back and were swapping them with new ones. Right. This is yes. nothing to do with MX. This is way back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to um, Jim or whoever, you going to replace the camera completely? They're like, yeah, yeah, give me a whole new one. And it was the X version, I think. It went right. to 22X. Yep. And I was like, really? You, you sure about this? I'm like, yep. And so we went out in the desert with ours and shot in it and thrashed it to see what would go wrong. Anyway, the thing about the drive was, well, how could we test drive failure? And so we sat it on the floor of a helicopter and then flew around Alice Springs with all the vibration that you could imagine going on yeah. and switched it on and switched it off. 40 minutes later just to see whether you would lose the whole clip whether you yeah. lose and pilots out there can you know throw things around a little bit you know they're out of radar there's no image, radar there's no yeah there's no airports really you, you probably have this cliched image of alice springs as being the sort of place where a man is a man and a steak is a steak and <laughs> looks a like a scene from australia long and yeah and that uh you know it's dusty and it's hot and it's rough and safety issues are not yep. primary con- yeah all correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just hung out the side of helicopter. And look, it, it did drop frames and we rooted it, but it was only in the, you know, interest of science. I mean, it was of deliberately course. thus. It was not in any way, shape or form yeah. anything other than a failure test. Yeah. We absolutely. just wanted to know what would happen. Absolutely. And it's a good test for people to know what you Plus can I've and can't do. Had it been, <laughs> then they weren't giving me a whole brand new camera. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfectly fine to put it in a mount, but if you want to start bolting it to the floors of choppers where all the vibration comes through, yeah, you're yeah. looking for trouble. Yeah. So, look, I, as I say, I think we're going to definitely start seeing, you know, some higher failure rates with these drives and with no replacements available for them. So, But anyway, that's, uh, you know, any moment. Maybe that's another... Another question for Ted. Now, we're recording this uh, right before IBC proper, just to give you some context. Um, somebody actually asked us to say when these were being recorded. Um, so, because what we want to do is we want to be able to focus on what I think is really significant post-production workflow for um, 
read, which is stuff coming out of Storm. Now, I have a lot of time for the Foundry. They're one of the world's uh, really solid companies for doing both R&D and actual development work. Um, they are very good at productizing stuff. So they take stuff from the lab and actually make it into real products. And if you remember, Jace, we looked at Storm at NAB, which at that stage was kind of a pretty much... Um, well, it wasn't a concept, but it was definitely, this is what we're thinking. Do you reckon there's any interest in this? It was close to being a beta. I guess it was alpha or... Uh, it was definitely alpha. It wasn't beta, yeah. I, I, I really think that they got it up and running and they did a few things. They hacked a few things that maybe they shouldn't have just to see what would happen. But uh, in fairness, they also were speaking to Red and just saying, look, we can do this kind of stuff. And they were one of the few companies... Um, I think like Adobe really got behind it, but there are a few of the companies that were like, well, we're really prepared to do something original and interesting um, that isn't just an add-on to what we kind of normally do. And uh, so Storm was it. And I think they had a very effective marketing campaign leading up to NAB as well. So, I mean, maybe just sort of recap and just to give everybody a bit of a head up on what actually Storm is, was, and... and well, let's, yeah, let's describe what it was, and we'll hear a second what it is, um, as vis-a-vis its first real showing at IBC, it, it was a tech showing of a machine that was able to open up R3D files. You were able to review them, do stuff with them, edit the R3Ds and save them as R3Ds, cut down R3Ds. This was one of the most controversial aspects of it because up until that point, no one outside Red had ever been able to generate an R3D, a, a cut-down version thereof. So if I had a take that was 2 gig and I only wanted to give you 20 frames, I couldn't give you that in R3D format, I'd have to export it or something else um, and then they had a bunch of plugins and stuff that they generally have as technology at the foundry that you could apply, so we saw for example God Rays added to a .R3D file on a timeline and it was the editorial uh, I guess it was something like a red app like Red Cine yeah. or Red Cine X but with all of the power of the plug-in market the, um, and the UI design of people that make things like Nuke. Yeah and it was had, I guess it had a little bit of sort of yeah it definitely had a bit of um, you know grading ability and control grading controlling yep, of curves totally. uh, and obviously it was con- controversial and at the time uh, and at the time I guess I'd imagine it would just kind of disappear yeah, I didn't because I knew that the red guys uh, were not against it. They they were really pleased to have some serious R&D. And I knew that the foundry guys uh, were not arrogant dicks and were really happy to, you know, just see what they could come up with. And, and I think it had a good reaction. But look, all of that was then. Let's check out what is now. Ted, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Mike. So Storm, uh, it's an interesting product. I guess the question is... How does it fit in with the free products that are coming from Red? Right. It's a very interesting product. And the Foundry is a very interesting company in terms of we we like them a lot. We like what they're doing and how they're doing it and how they're approaching the market. We've always been impressed, just like I know you have, with the Nuke product line and how it evolved and how impressive that's been on so many levels. Now, with this new product, Storm, they've taken a lot of what we've developed with the Red Cine Utility, which is a utility for people that own Red cameras and for post-production. It's incredibly sophisticated for a free utility. But if you're going to deliver all the steps of post-production, there are a lot of tracks that you need to run with. And Red as a camera company 
doesn't focus on software development as a for-profit business. Sure. Um, so we made this very integrated partnership with the guys at uh, the Foundry developing the Storm product. And if you look at it, when you see it for the first time, you'll see a lot of the reflection of Red Cine in it. I, I refer to it as sort of like Red Cine on steroids because it has a lot of that familiarity. It uses a lot of the same base SDK code that we write that all the DI companies and the post companies use. So this is a very universal thing. They've just taken it and directly directly linked to us to work with R3Ds as an end-to-end -end product. So they're delivering EDL support, uh, advanced metadata tagging, um, a more advanced timeline support, all the things that people would say, boy, if Red Cine could be way more evolved in these areas, it would be this. And that's, so we're, we're really pleased about where it's going. So one of the things about Stormlight I think is really interesting is on set use, in particular when we start harnessing the Red Rocket card. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned the Red Rocket card because that would have been the next thing I mentioned is that they are deeply integrating the Red Rocket card uh, as almost, you, you can get, almost get to the point where you say it's a must-have. If you're doing volumes of Red work, if you're a working professional, you want to have real-time performance and real-time playback, the nice thing is this is a card that we develop and build and it doesn't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And pretty much everyone in the post community has integrated this card. All the DI manufacturers, all the mainstay you know, uh, companies that do post-production are driving that Red Rocket card for real-time performance. So Storm is, is part of that group, even though it's very early um, software and it's just coming out into the market, they've already integrated the Red Rocket. So you've got real-time performance, regardless of whether you're on a traditional, say, uh, studio set where you're going to have a cart and a Mac Tower with a Red Rocket card, or you can do it into a mobile solution where you can put in an uh, expansion chassis and run it on a laptop for previews. Now, the cart's going to be more suitable for most applications because you want the big tower with a big set of drives to make all your copies to prep your Avid or your Final Cut media. Um, and the form factor really isn't that much of a big deal when you're driving it on a cart. But Storm is one of the few products outside Red that actually outputs on the uh, HDHCI. Correct. And so that means if I did have it in the laptop scenario, and I've been down on the laptop saying it's not that useful because clearly you can't transcode very fast because you can't put the, right. the file somewhere. But in the case of onset for a director review, absolutely. it's terrific because yeah. the director absolutely wants high res, real time. Yeah, so a red tech could pack the expansion chassis with a red rocket card and a laptop in a backpack and go off and shoot second unit with a red one or an upcoming epic as those come out, super lightweight. You know, you can configure red one under 15 pounds for handheld work. And two, three guys can go out and literally get full quality real time playback as a splinter unit, then they come back to the set and they do the same thing in a much more full featured with a big plasma on a cart using either Storm or Red Cine to, to run those applications. So moving forward, you see uh, Storm as being a really good solution, one of several obviously, but a really good solution that, that Red uh, you know, is going to enjoy seeing out in the marketplace. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've been working really, really closely with them um, to make sure that this is integrated properly that the logic is there, that we see the same vision for our users at all ends of the spectrum. The nice thing about Red is it's so democratic that people are using it on very small budget projects to the giant monster big budget feature projects and everything in between. So having a full featured post solution that you can drive on set, drive in a post environment, drive in your garage or in your home editing environment without spending a fortune on it is, is pretty good. So we are very tightly aligned with this. And now playing the political correctness Everybody, I think, that is touching professional post is at a really, really good level with Red, using and supporting that Red Rocket for all those solutions. Storm is just the next piece in the arsenal. 
But one thing that we saw at NAB that certainly got me really interested as a red user was mm -hmm. the ability to cut down an R3D Correct. file. Now, is that something that will be supported, was dropped? Do you know where that's at? It will be supported. Uh, they were a little bit in advance of what should have been announced, which is fine. You know, there's all kinds of little tactical errors. That Better to be using the, uh, the reins than the yeah, whip. Exactly. Yeah. Going, going through development uh, at, the, at the rocket pace that we do, sometimes things get a little... Uh, out of step, and yeah. it was just a miss. It's not, you know, no, nobody's real fault. So everything's all locked in and aligned correctly now, and you will see that uh, type of functionality, um, especially like in a case like this where you're shooting a long R3D file, and you don't have to transfer. You don't want to keep moving that big R3D file around. You can actually take uh, pieces and parts of yeah, it. Yeah, because quite frankly, the R3D file is a terrific uh, file format, and mm -hmm. so being able to give, say, effects when you only want 24 frames of it. Correct. Um, is but they want the actual R3D. They don't want a DPX exactly, export yeah, because because everybody's working with that file now. Yeah. There's no reason. There's less and less reason to transcode to other formats. You want to be able to dig into that native raw data, take its full bit depth and its full quality, and we're pushing the ball as far as as far forward as we can in terms of the usability of the native file. Well, so of course, I think it's particularly relevant for visual effects because when you go to 5K on the Epic, the people that really want that 5K are the effects guys the effects more guys. than anybody else. Yeah. And it'd be such a shame that all they got was, say, a DPX at 2K mm -hmm. because somebody had previously yeah. upstream transcoded it. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Thanks again, Ted, for taking time to talk with us. We always appreciate it. So Storm obviously sounds like a great tool and we thought we'd dig a little deeper into it and how it differs from Red CineX. So Mike caught up with the product manager for Storm at the foundry, Richard Shackleton. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. So um, tell me, Storm, at uh, NAB it was a tech showing. It was. How far are we away from actually having a real product? So we're showing the product officially at IBC and the first product will be released on the 1st of November. So we're close. So what actually gets released on the 1st of November? So on the 1st of November we're going to be doing a trial period, so it'll be like a public beta. So for three months people will be able to register and download Storm, and then after three months there'll be the first paid version. So when I get that version in November, can I use it on production? Yes, you can, yes. And is the sort of nature of the product shifted much from NAB? Because at NAB it was more like a... Here's some technology, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, so we've pretty much settled on the first version of the product now. So it's uh, Storm, so it's for red camera users initially. It's a tool for on-set through to near-set delivering to post-production. And the intent is that you will use it for reviewing footage, selecting and tagging footage. So it's looking at the metadata, the original R3D files, audio files from the R3D or external audio. Um, flexible user interface, so you can configure it for reviewing footage or for tagging footage, technical grading, some basic creative grading for proving the intent of look, and then delivering out to Final Cut from an edit timeline or out to EXR and DPX for file-based workflows. Okay, now in NAB, I think I beat you up trying to get a price, and we were hoping you were to come in under a grand, you did. as in a thousand US. Where are we on price? So the first price for version one of Storm, which is the Mac-based red product, is two hundred and fifty UK pounds, or three seven five US dollars. Three seven five. Yes. Okay. Can I have one? Well, you've got one here. I guess I'll take that. That seems like a great price. It's priced to be aggressive. Um, the intent is that everybody can have one of these, whether you're a camera owner, camera operator. DP, DIT. So 
if I was, um, I mean, it's a great price, but if I was like a owner operator, maybe I had like a couple of cameras and I was doing my own stuff, what do I get for this that I don't get from just using a free app from RID? Right, so the intention here is that you get a fully supported product, but a product with a wider feature set. So rather than using maybe one, two, or three of the smaller point products, Storm gives you the full feature set. Um, so, for example, it has technical grading using the red tools, but it also has additional colour tools. It has some creative colour tools in there for the look um, exploration, but it also has a multi-track timeline. It has Final Cut, XML, Reconform. So basically, it's, it's a wider tool set, but also a supported package that's a platform that's going to grow in the future. So I'm on set, I get footage in, I can immediately open it up and just start working with it, I can grade it. You showed some plug-in stuff at NAB, is that managed to stay with the product? So the first version of the product won't have the plug-in stuff that we previewed, um, the plan is for that to come in later. Okay. Um, the first version has a core set of technical colour tools and some basic creative colour tools, so we have the usual lift gamma gain, levels, RGB curves. Secondaries? We have basic secondaries, so you can pull simple isolations in the picture and stack up um, corrections and blend between them. And can I save those looks so that I... You can save those looks, so we have a complete bin structure where you can save looks, tags, templates, timelines, um, so you can really build quite um, structured projects of all the media and metadata from the production. So let's say I get the stuff in, I'm on set, I've done a kind of look just so the DP can be happy that, you know, mm -hmm. obviously the red is very flexible, but we just want to see if it's, if it's working for us. Um, and I've even assembled some stuff up because I know kind of what the director kind of indicated as good takes, normally the last one before we, we wrapped on that shot. Um, if I do assemble that up, can I export an EDL? So at the moment you can export a, an XML EDL right? and you can take that into a final cut. So only an XML EDL? At the moment XML EDL. Right. But there is a plan. Does Nuke read in the XML future. EDLs? So Nuke doesn't read XML EDLs today, no. Although there are a lot of people in the Nuke community who are actively building XML EDL tools for Nuke. Okay, but clearly there must be some secret source that only you can do because you own Nuke and you own this. I mean, there must be thoughts about how to make that a good connection between the two apps. Absolutely. So the first version of Storm has a very simple tool set, but we have a roadmap in mind that will take Storm and Nuke integration much further. So today, we're basically Storm is delivering files, EXR files or DPX files, and injecting metadata. Um, next year, you'll see more coming out of Storm in terms of Nuke integration along the lines of passing forward color data, color metadata, and also a very close interaction between a timeline in Storm and a visual effects shot in So just to, to nail down a couple of those points there, when you say metadata, are we talking about some proprietary metadata or we just mean like a 3D LUT? I mean, what, what are we talking about? So we're, we're exploring both of those. So right. a 3D LUT is something that will definitely be supported from Storm, but also because we have Storm and Nuke, we can pass metadata about the color stack in Storm and the effects in Storm and recreate those exactly in Nuke. Because I'm one of these guys that's still hanging out for Red to come through with the um, I-slash data off the camera and pass that through to Nuke, obviously, for tracking purposes. So all of that's open because there's no reason not to, right? Absolutely. Okay, so, um, and at the, at the level of the actual app itself, uh, I have this concept of like red world and non-red world. Now the thing that really got me excited, as you know at NAB, was that you were going to actually export an R3D file that was trimmed down. Now as somebody that works uh, around the world, the idea of taking a 2 gig file and picking up the 20 frames that I want and only sending that as an R3D really excited me. So are you still doing that or where's that? So we're still doing that. So the infrastructure is in Storm. We're ready to go. Um, Red has been very supportive. 
they want us to do it in a way that matches their understanding of the R3D file, which makes sense. So Red R currently going to deliver that for us. And then you'll be able to make what we would call, I guess, certified or kosher R3D files so that from the rest of the community's point of view, the R3D that the Foundry's product generates is no different from an R3D the camera generated. Absolutely, and that's the important point. Whoever generates R3D files, it has to be certified by RED so that there is a closed loop on those file format being um, supported properly. Right. Okay, so take nothing away from RED because I love RED to death, but you also hinted that there may be an opportunity for this product to embrace other things, you know? And, I mean, I'm, I'm very much uh, a believer that these days, especially on episodic, they shoot with a variety of cameras. So mm-hmm. if I had a production that shot with a couple of different cameras, any chance I'll see a version of this that will also support uh, an Alexa or an R3, uh, a 5D, I mean, anything else? So now we've got the base infrastructure of Storm built, we are looking at a roadmap to take this forward and support other camera formats and also um, file-based sequences for reconforming from visual effects and colour grading. Um, so we're showing the red product first, which mm-hmm. is this product at IBC, and then next year you'll be hearing more from us about a, a bigger roadmap for so Storm. NAB kind of time frame? NAB would be the time that we'd be announcing uh, further progress. Okay, so now let's imagine I wanted to get a system rocking and I've you know, uh, got the software, obviously. What is my hardware configuration, the optimum hardware configuration? What sort of additional like Red Rocket cards or anything else can I use? Mm-hmm. So Storm version 1 is on Mac OS X, Snow Leopard. And it will support MacBook Pros and Mac Pro workstations. It's Red Rocket enabled, so if you do have a Red Rocket card in the machine, we will use that. Um, we also will be outputting SDI video from the Red Rocket card for the Red processed effects. Okay, so I think that's the first time, isn't it, that someone other than Red is accessing that that pipeline, is that right? Because the RED product does that for projectors, but I don't think anyone else is really doing that. So RED Cinex does this at the moment, and I think that we're one of the first other people to take advantage of that feature of the rocket car. Right. Okay, so let's say I actually had a production on thinking, end of the year, is there any gotchas on the Mac, like 7-inch versus 15-inch, or I don't know, you know, it only works on a tower board on a Tuesday? No, so um, first version of Storm is MacBook Pro or... Mac Pro Workstation. It supports the Red Rocket card in the Mac Pro Workstation. Um, real-time playback with the Red Rocket card. Does Wouldn't it matter what version of the graphics card I've got in the Mac versus...? No, so um, it's OpenGL pipeline in right. Storm, but okay. it's doing reasonably simple effects, so we're okay. not very GPU-intensive. Okay. But you are using the GPU. Because we're using the GPU yeah, for all the processing. Pretty... And, and in terms of performance, uh, is it workable on a laptop at a 15, like a 17 inch? Is that it is? So it's intended to be workable on a laptop. So you can be on set or near set with the laptop. It will use software processing for the red um, decoding support, but we also have control over resolution and quality. So you can knock the quality down for real time playback on a laptop. And if I was trying to sort of um, you know pimp my ride, should I look at like a solid state drive? Like where is the the not the failure points, but where is the sort of best place to up the performance to try and get stuff happening? Um, so a solid state drive will be excellent for read performance, especially if you've got read files and external audio files, and if you're writing a lot of QuickTime files out, then that will definitely benefit you. But in terms of the actual system configuration, we're just all standard file system and uh, standard graphics. And we had not discussed audio much, so, so where does audio sit in the picture? So Storm will take audio from the R3D file, mm-hmm. but it will also take broadcast wave files and read the metadata for those files. So you can bring in external audio into Storm. And by metadata, you mean external timecode? External timecode. And we can sync and match audio clips to video clips inside of Storm right. and maintain that link. 
So in fact, I could use it for syncing rushes. You could. You could bring in external audio into Storm, sync with the R3D files. Um, you can also export into QuickTime. So if you wanted to deliver rushes for offline, you could sync the audio and export to QuickTime ProRes, for example. So let's say I had a workflow that was like ProRes HQ, which is a good mm-hmm. format, let's face it. I could sync rushes, export it out, then it could just be whatever offline or tool I wanted after that, just Absolutely. take it away. Yes, and then we can take the XML back from Final Cut after editorial work has happened, and then relink to the original R3D files and the original audio files. Now, not to be negative at all, but I think we need to define what it isn't, just to clarify sure. what it is. So, for example, if I was in an effects team, this isn't going to get my DPXs back from today's uh, you know, shots and be dropped into the cut for dailies, is it? Because it sure. doesn't sort of work that way. Yeah, so, so Storm is an assist tool at the moment. It's not a complete reconform for visual effects and grading tool. So you can't today load in EXR or DPX files into the timeline and do a, a finishing from there. But that being said, it is quite powerful. So is there any thoughts of putting like a secondary panel on there or anything, like a, you know, like a wave or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so Storm version 1 at IBC, you will see the Euphonics MC color panel working. Oh, excellent. So we've integrated that first. We plan to do Tangent 2, but it was just the timing um, is uh, MC color. And can I do any uh, programming of custom buttons for operations? Um, you can for um, the simple shortcut key-based functionality. Um, but we have mapped all the color operations and the effect operations to the panel. Well, that sounds really good. Um, so just to repeat, it's coming out in November as a trial, so that's presumably like a free public beta, for want of a better term. They will, so you'll be able to register on the website right. and download a version of Storm from November. And then come February, we hope, we'll go into full production with it and then you know, obviously expand after that, I guess, at NAB. Keep an eye on it then. Yes, and also we will have a Foundry section on the Red User forum, so that will be a place for people to come and get information and ask questions, and we'll keep people updated through that. Brilliant. So if people are listening to this on the Red Centre podcast, and it's obviously Friday when when they're listening to this, um, what can they see if they in IBC this weekend? So at IBC we'll have a pod on the stand demonstrating Storm, um, and you'll be able to see it working on a Mac Pro with a Red Rocket with the SDI monitor connected. Um, We also are demonstrating in the main theatre. And we have Ted from Red dropping by the stand to talk to us about the Epic camera and to introduce his feelings on Storm and how it will help people in the Red workflow. Well, good luck with the rest of the show at uh, IBC. And uh, we look forward to, I guess, your website's the best place right now before that November date. Yes, so the website will have all the product information about Storm when IBC starts. And also we have a Foundry section on Red User. So that will be the main place for everybody to go and uh, ask questions and receive press releases and development progress information. Well, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. And that was fantastic, Mike. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad yeah. it's progressing. I should just point out, it's Friday uh, in the UK, so I'm going over to IBC, which has just opened, uh, tonight, actually yep. flying out. So there'll be some more stuff, no doubt, actually on the show floor with Red, and we'll cover that in next uh, week's Red Centre. Like, there'll be, I'm sure, more stuff that will be pertinent. We're going to actually do a FX Guide TV from IBC, um, which will be covering some of the stuff as well. You can actually see the UI and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to... to uh, well, I was very keen to talk to those guys, and actually kind of away from the show a little because, yeah, quite frankly, at the show floor can be a bit like... You don't get to be in-depth, and I really wanted to have a kind of a more in-depth discussion. But anyway, that's uh, coming up. I'm going to be back 
uh, the end of next week, Jace. So right after that, we might get together again in Sydney. Absolutely, because I'll be keen to have a bit of a post-mortem with you with hands-on, getting your hands dirty uh, in, from, from UK. Plus, if you remember last week's show, we discussed the um, uh, conversion to RGB files and the ability to somehow miraculously improve the quality of what was coming out of your Canon 5D. Mm. And that's something that we're going to follow up hopefully uh, next week on the show when I get back uh, to Sydney. But Jace, thanks so much. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. See you soon. I will uh, you. see you. And, of course, if you are around tomorrow, if you get this podcast in Amsterdam, uh, please uh, see if you can hook up with our FX PhD uh, meetup. Okay, until next time, I'm Mike Seymour. See you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us, red at fxguide.com. Copyright 2010, FX Guide, LLC.